For many business owners, diving into their financials is daunting, overwhelming, and scary. There's a lot at stake, and there's a lot of numbers. Not to mention there's plenty of people who just plain don't like working with numbers all that much. It doesn't have to be scary and tedious, though. Here's a way to get started that, at least for me, helps me make it more hell out of a mountain. Running a service business can be hard. It is not unusual for business owners in industries like contracting, home repair, auto repair, business-to-business -business services like janitorial, IT and accounting, and many others to feel overwhelmed by all the priorities facing them at any given time. Between addressing the needs of the customers, managing the employees, figuring out the financials, and getting processes in place, feeling like you're making significant progress on your business journey can be difficult. Welcome to Service Industry Success, hosted by Brian Harding. Each week, Brian will look at real-world strategies for building the business you are dreaming of, while also sharing tactics to get through some of the most frustrating parts of business ownership with a lot more ease. Let's get started. So to get started today, let me tell you about a time when I didn't have all that much uh, accounting knowledge. In fact, you could argue I had very little because I did, in fact, have very little. I didn't know that much about how accounting worked. I'm naturally pretty good with numbers. I like spreadsheets, but that's not the same thing as understanding accounting. I was only 33 years old, and I, when I took over as GM for a branch, um, doing about $8 million a year annually. And again, other than just having a natural ability to look at numbers and, and an, you know, an ability to enjoy working with things like spreadsheets, I really had no accounting experience. And I had to report directly to the vice president of the company, so I had to know my stuff. And my accounting manager had 20 plus years of experience, so I had to get up, up to speed quickly to just avoid sounding like an idiot when I talk to these people about accounting. Plus, I had... 63 employees whose livelihoods were on the line. So if I made a decision that didn't work or financially didn't pan out the way we wanted, and I couldn't even tell if it was working or not, that was putting the entire operation in in pretty bad situation. So one of the things I had to figure out was how do I go about gaining some meaningful, helpful knowledge on accounting when I really have nowhere to start and I really had nobody to ask. I I I wouldn't ask my boss, the VP, because he would have immediately been questioning if I was the right person for this job. And I couldn't or wouldn't ask the accounting manager who had 20 years of experience for similar reasons. The last thing I want to do, not saying this is right or wrong, just saying the last, for me, the last thing I wanted to do was to admit to these folks, I really didn't know what the hell I was doing. I really didn't know where to start. And I really didn't want to ask for help. So that kind of put me in a situation where I had no choice but to try to figured out on my own. And I'll walk you through kind of a place I started. And I still think today, helping people go through a similar process to just gain some knowledge on accounting and our P&L without taking on this huge undertaking, this huge, scary thing. I mean, there's literally in some cases, hundreds of numbers, percentages and dollars and all kinds of things on the P&L. Like, where does one even start? So I still, looking back now, some, you know, 15 years later, I still think this is a pretty good place to start for many folks to, to begin to just get a handle on understanding financials. This is not going to make us an expert, but it's a great first place to start. And, and for many folks, that's what they need. They don't need to become 
accounting gurus today, they just need a place to start. So if that's you, this is something that I would recommend still today, uh, a method that would that would work. So going back in time then, again, I'm just a dopey guy. I got no fancy degrees. I had to simplify things down to the level of, should I pay attention to this number of the hundreds of numbers on this PL? Should I pay attention to this one? And if so, what makes a good number? What makes a bad number? That's kind of where I started. So to identify which numbers to pay attention to, there's many factors uh, like uh, how big of a deal is this to the overall company's stability or success? So if that's a question you're asking, you can go back and listen to, I think it's episode 28. And I kind of share a system for you uh, with you of how I go about identifying which accounting codes to tune into and which ones to not pay attention to as much. Real quickly, it kind of divides things into four quadrants uh, based on two axes. One would be high and low impact, and the other would be high and low influence. Impact would be how much it affects the bottom line. If, you, For instance, if you have a fleet of vehicles, auto expenses is going to be a lot. It's going to be a big impact on your bottom line. Office expenses, a few hundred bucks a month might not be that much of, of an impact if that's what you're spending. And then influence would be how much we can affect the number. Again, labor, we can affect that a lot. We can do a lot of things to change how much labor dollars are spending. B&O tax, there's not much you can do about that. So when you when you cross those two axes, you kind of get everything from low impact, low influence to high impact, high influence. And those high impact, high influence things are, are what I would recommend working on. Again, episode 28, I think, is one where you can go back and listen to that and get way more detail on that. So again, one of the things we're going to ask, or I wanted to ask myself is of these tons of numbers on this PL, which ones I should I pay attention to? One of them is that uh, that methodology. And then what's a good number and what's a bad number? So a good number might be a number within a predetermined specified range. This works great for those who have that uh, specified target. Like if you have a goal for your labor percentage, or you at least have key accounting codes like that, you know, could be job materials, could be wages, could be, you know, administrative fees. There's a ton of things it could be. If you have a specified target goal or range for those things individually or other things like gross margin, a, a collective KPI like that, that's fantastic. If you have a budget, that's even better. Like if you have a budgeted number for what our labor percent should be or labor dollars should be based on X revenue and based on X employees and X other things, other factors, that's all fantastic. And yes, I probably need to identify a target range, a target percent or target dollar for the categories I really need to pay attention to. Again, gross margin is a great example. If you've heard me talk for any time at all, you've heard me say that I think that's probably the most important number on the PL for service industries. And again, yes, working with a budget is fantastic. When you're at that level, you really begin to start fine-tuning your performance and putting meaningful safety stops in place to catch us from going off a financial cliff in any one particular area or a, a bigger area, you know, uh, direct expenses, for, you know, ex- for example. But not everyone is far enough along it to have either or both those things, targets or goals for individual accounting codes like labor or whatever, KPIs for things like gross margin. Not everyone's there yet. So if you're not there yet, this is kind of for you. And even if you are there, even if you have these, the budgets in place or you have these uh, key uh, areas targeted and you have goals and objectives and and targets and ranges and things like that that you're aiming for, what I'm going to talk about for me today 
even having gone getting gotten to a point where I had those things, I still factor in the stuff I'm going to talk about today as much and sometimes more than those KPIs, targets, and and ranges we're aiming for. So again, for me, when I was first starting out, I was just trying to figure out what should I pay attention to, and what tells me it's good, what tells me it's bad. So again, good would be within a specified range or hitting that target, or the numbers are at least moving in the right direction. So maybe we're not quite to that target range, but at least better than before. We're showing progress. And what would tell me uh, we're we what we're doing to fix this? Like if we identified we weren't doing a good job in this particular area, and we decide to put a fix in place, what tells us that fix is making a positive impact? Conversely, bad would be we're outside a specified range. Or the numbers were moving in the wrong direction or staying flat at an unacceptable level. So whether or not we had a, a predetermined goal identified or acceptable range identified, separate from that, you can still say, this is not good and I need to fix this. And then, of course, the next thing would be, well, well it's the goal. So we would, we would get there eventually, but you don't always necessarily start there. You might just go, holy crap, this is bad. This isn't good. I need to fix this. And then the next step might be identifying the goal. So that can happen as well. Or we identified we had a problem thing and we put a fix in place and the number stays flat. Well, what we're doing isn't working. So it would be good to know that so we don't spend weeks or months or longer keeping with a, a fix, a quote unquote fix, that's not having the impact we want. So when we're starting out, we might need another way besides predetermined targets and goals and KPIs and budgets and things like that to learn what to do with the data in our PL. We might not have those targets. So all we can quickly and easily get is a knowledge of what is quote unquote normal. So for me, knowing what is normal in the beginning was perhaps way more important than worrying about whether or not we were within, within a target or, or not. Now, partially for me in that case, uh, because the, it's because the reason I was hired is because we were not performing well. So that was kind of a given in many respects that financially we were not in our um, target ranges or we were not hitting our goals or as as the VP back then would say, we were not uh, performing according to plan. <laughs> we didn't call the budget a budget. We called it a plan. Um, uh, one of those things I'll never I'll never do because of the the way I I uh, the experience for me wasn't great working in that environment. So. One of the things I'll, you'll never hear me say is that the budget is the plan, even though I understand the context of that I understand why you call it a plan. So it's not a, a goal. It's like what we expect. I get all that. But uh, looking back that that I would not mirror, I would not copy that methodology. Anyhow, so it was kind of a given. I was hired to replace a person who in their mind was not performing well. It was kind of given that these things were not in the great performance ranges. So focusing on that wouldn't have helped me. So I needed to know like what was normal for us to know if we were making improvements or not, because I was going to try many different things to try to solve some of these financial problems. And if I didn't at least know if we were moving the needle or not, that would have been a major problem. But looking back now, even if that wasn't the case, knowing what was normal helped me more than if I had suddenly learned that we weren't performing at, the, at, at target in those areas instead of walking in already knowing that. Knowing what was normal for us and knowing how to determine if the, the fixes we were putting in place were working or not, I would argue, even looking back today, many years later, that was more beneficial than knowing just whether we're in target or not. Knowing what is normal or not, for me, still to this day, is at least as big a factor as whether or not we're hitting our target or goal or not. 
It may not be for you, but for me, historical normal knowledge is very key in how I interpret the PL. So for me, even once I have targets in place, KPIs established, it's still equally important for me to know if we're working within our normal range. Knowing what is normal and when you get outside of your normal range is a key way to determine if a particular value, whether it's percentage or dollars, on the PL warrants your attention. Again, my first question is, should I even pay attention to this number? So if I don't have targets in place, I at least need to know what is normal for us. Not necessarily what's good or bad yet, but what is historically normal? Just like if I want to monitor my health, one of the key things I might do is hop on a scale to see where I'm at. Yes, I may very well have a target weight in mind, in which case I might be identifying the starting point on my journey of improvement, or I might just be confirming I'm still where I want to be. I'll probably get to determining the goal, no doubt, and probably soon on my PL. No doubt that getting a goal in place is probably going to happen like lockstep with this figuring out what normal is. It's, it's kind of a natural next step. But what I want to focus on here is not allowing that lack of knowledge about what the goal or target or KPI or acceptable range, let's not let those things hold us up. Those things will come to us as we begin to figure out what normal is for us. So if you have no contextual knowledge on what I should be aiming for, how much percentage of my revenue should labor be, how many dollars is okay to spend on job materials, what's an okay range for auto expenses? If you don't know those things, it's okay. My, my whole point here is don't let that lack of knowledge keep you from moving forward and making progress on this. Let's just start by figuring out what's normal for you. So even if I don't have a goal in mind, I will at least know if my current, in my weight and scale thing, uh, example, I'll at least know if my current weight is within my historically normal range, which is vital to know whether I'm trying to make an improvement or not. Whether or not I'm trying to lose weight, just knowing if I'm within my normal range is a very good thing for me to know. Seeing that I'm at outside of my normal range might, in fact, be what prompts me to, to define that new improvement goal of losing weight and taking action. It might actually be seeing, hey, holy smokes, I'm well without, outside my normal range here. I better fix that. And boom, I instantly have a goal in place and I will naturally begin to put quote unquote fixes in place, change some behaviors, change some procedures, change the process, whatever, to try to attempt to hit that new goal we just defined. So if we don't know yet enough about our financials to establish goals, targets, or a budget, we can still gain real meaningful understanding of our financials by just figuring out what normal is. That's the key point I want to drive home here is we don't have to have all this extensive knowledge. We can simply figure out What's normal for us? I still need to know if what we're doing is normal or getting better or getting worse. If what we're doing today is within our normal range, are we getting better or are we getting worse? And the only way to identify what normal is, is to figure out what's the range we normally operate in. When is this, this number too high or too low for us based on historical data? What would tell me that something is not quite right? So for instance, if I step on a scale next Thursday, and it says I weigh 137 pounds, I know something's wrong because that's not possible. I know that's substantially outside my normal range. And when I look in the mirror, I can see that that is not accurate because I have historical and contextual knowledge. I know the scale's broken or the battery's dead or whatever it is. I need to have that kind of knowledge. I need to know that immediately be able to tell if something is wrong with the measurement inside the key areas of my business financially also. I need to be able to look at the P&L and go, that is wrong. Something is wrong here. That's broken. 
So what would tell me that I need to investigate that further to see what happened, either good or bad? This is one of the key questions we should be asking ourselves as we read our PL at any time, whether things are going well overall or not, whether trying to make improvements or not, whether just monitoring things like, hey, things are just chugging along, like things are going good, or just taking a glance and seeing. We should always be asking ourselves, you know, what would tell me I need to investigate a particular number more? What would tell me that changes happen that might need might have missed, but is important. So for example, for my industry I've come from, job materials is historically between 15 and 18%. You can set a clock by it. I mean, you, these numbers do not generally pop out of that range 15 to 18%. If they jump suddenly to 21%, that would prompt me to find out what happened here. Did something get coded incorrectly? Again, is the scale broken? Was there a big price increase from our supplier that I wasn't aware of? And I better get my act together on, on changing our pricing accordingly. Did we make a big purchase that I wasn't aware of? And if so, am I comfortable? You know, let's say we have a, a huge job coming up that I didn't know about. We made, you know, let's say we we're doing a, a $50,000 or $100,000 job that I didn't know of. And we made a huge purchase of materials to get ready for that. Well, am I okay operating like that where I don't even know that we're buying, you know, $18,000 worth of materials for a job that's coming up? I, like that would be a problem for me if I didn't even know that we had a huge job like that coming up. Who bid the job? <laughs> How many eyeballs were on this before we decided we were going to go ahead and do it? It's within our, our normal scope of work. This is a big job. Like These are all questions I would want to know. And seeing that huge purchase outside that range might be what helps me learn there's something else broken within the business that's not necessarily directly tied to the, the cost of our expense there. What would tell me we suddenly made an improvement by chance? Like we just stumbled into some, some way of doing something better. And we would want to make that a permanent change to solidify that improvement. How, I mean, how awesome would that be? Like if all of a sudden we, we a, a big expense drops by 3% or 5% or 10%, how awesome would it be to know when that happens? We could immediately go back within the last month or two weeks or whatever and say, what happened here? How did we do this? And how do we make that a permanent change? So going back to my situation in 2007, I really just spent a few days to look at a five-year window of historical performance to see what quote unquote normal was for us. So even while I was getting up to speed on targets and goals and budgets, I could at least see if we were making progress or not. I could at least see if the things we were trying to do to make financial performance improvements were working or not. And it wasn't like we were going to hit the predetermined targets and goals and budgets quickly anyway. This was going to be a multi-month or even couple-year project to get things back on track. So focusing on another month where we didn't hit the target, well, how productive would that have been? I mean, that would have been nothing else, just a psychological barrier to bump my head into all the time. So it was for me in that case, it was more important to know that we were making progress, not that we'd hit a, the, the predetermined goal because we knew that that was going to take some time to do. We had serious challenges to overcome. So again, focusing on whether or not the goals were hit, the targets were hit, would have been frustrating and probably just a giant waste of time. It would have been demoralizing for our leadership team for sure. But again, knowing whether or not we made his, uh, progress over historical, I could at least see if the improvements were working. So for me, that mattered way more because I needed confidence to know if the things we were trying, if we should stick with those things or stop and try something different. And one of the key things as business owners we get frustrated with is we don't have confidence. Are we on the right track or not? So again, I looked at P uh, annual P&Ls for a five-year window. If there was a relatively tight range, cool. I knew what that was, and I just kind of learned that, maybe wrote it down, created a cheat sheet, whatever, and moved on. If there wasn't that tight of a range, 
I might have treated some things like uh, kind of like an Olympic Olympic judging thing where you toss out the top one or two numbers on the high side and you toss out the top or the bottom one or two numbers on the low side and boom, you've got something that resembles a normal range, which again, you can modify over time. It's not like you put this thing in place one time. It can never, ever be touched again or looked at again. These things are going to change in some cases. Labor percentages might change. Training dollars, percentages or dollars might change. Those are going to ebb and flow sometimes. So my point is, this is not necessarily a one and done thing. It's a one and done to get started and then kind of a monitoring and adapting and, and altering as we go. And I looked at the years where overall performance was good. So again, I had my kind of tight range, stick with that, not so tight range, Olympic judging, toss the top one or two high numbers, toss the bottom one or two numbers on the low side. And then I looked at years where performance was overall good. And I was like, hey, those are numbers we should pay attention to. Things are pretty good here. What was my range then? And I would give more weight to the individual counting codes like labor, for example, job materials, office expenses, whatever. In the years where overall performance was good, I gave more weight to the numbers and those individual counting codes on those years. So years we had a healthy bottom line, I would say, okay, labor percentage in that year was more valid than in determining what normal should be than in years we didn't perform all that well on the bottom line. So uh, real quick. Today's episode, I'm talking about 2007, but today's episode is being released in September 27th, 2022. If you would like help understanding your financials, this is a great time to join our group coaching membership. In October of this year, 2022, I'll be walking our business owner members through everything PL from how to set up your reports, to easily track performance, to knowing which accounting codes to pay attention to, and ultimately having the ability to read and understand financials in less than 15 minutes. That's always the goal. Understand it, interpret it, read it be able to make decisions with it in less than 15 minutes. So if you're ready to gain this knowledge, hop on to serviceindustrysuccess.com or shoot me a message on Facebook today to schedule an appointment with me to see if our membership is a good fit for you. To join our membership in time to get started in October, you only have until the end of September. So it's only a few days. So don't delay, act today. All right, so a great first step is looking at your last year's P&L to see what normal was, at least in that time frame. Again, I would like to look in prior years. I looked at a five-year window back in 2007, and if I was starting out today, I would do the same thing, and I would also want to see if there were any major differences between pre- and post-COVID, like 2019 and 2022, versus in the midst of COVID, 2020 and 2021. So maybe for you, there wasn't that big of a difference, and you can use all that data collectively. Or maybe there was a big difference for you and you shouldn't give as much weight to 2020 and 2021 because those are COVID-affected years and money was being thrown at things and things were just different. And maybe you shouldn't focus on that as much and you should rely more heavily on 2018, 2019, and 2022 as benchmarks for your quote-unquote normal. So for whatever time frame you choose, what is normal in the key areas, either in percentages or dollars, depending on which county code you're looking at. Then look at each quarter this year. Are we within the normal range? Are we doing better, worse, or about the same? Look at the last few months. Same thing. Are we within the normal range? Are we doing better, worse, or about the same as our, our now established, quote unquote, normal range? So again, for me, this all goes back to reading the PL. Should I pay attention to this number I'm looking at? Are the tons of numbers on this document? And if so, what's a good number? What's a bad number? One of the ways we look at should I pay attention to this number is how big of a deal is this for the company's stability or success? Again, you can go back and listen to episode 28, I think, where I talk about the high and low impact and high and low influence. And also, I want to know, are we in with, are we within a predetermined specified range? Again, that works great. If we have a, a target, like a budget, or if you have a goal, 
for each of these accounting codes or at least key uh, indicators to tell you on the right track, budgets and goals are great. If yes, awesome. We know that stuff. We, we can identify the, the target percentage and dollar shows categories I really need to pay attention to. Again, gross margin be example of something that's not a specific accounting code, but a very important KPI. And working with the budget helps. Awesome. Fine-tuning things and, and getting performance really dialed in, but not everyone's far enough yet to have either or both of those things, like targets and goals or for uh, individual codes or KPIs and big things like gross margin. But we still need to know, are, is what we're doing today within our normal range? Are we doing better or worse? The only way to get to know what normal is for us is to go back and look at historical data. What is the range we normally operate in? When is it too high or too low for us? Based on historical data, what would tell me something's not quite right? What would tell me I need to investigate further to see what happened, either good or bad? This is one of the key questions we should be asking as we read our PL at any time, whether things are going well overall or not. What would tell me I need to investigate further to see what happened with this particular number I'm looking at, either good or bad? So you may not have targets or budget yet, but you can at least get enough knowledge to see if you're doing better, worse, or about the same as usual, which again, for me, even now, having you know really dramatically improved my ability to understand PL, that's still one of the most key things I ask myself. Is this normal? Are we doing better than usual or worse than usual? So uh, don't forget to go to serviceindustrysuccess.com today if you're ready to join our group training and coaching membership. Uh, we're gonna jump into financial. So if this is something you uh, you know you need some help with, it's a perfect time to jump into that uh, that, that group coaching program. Also, if you haven't had a chance yet, share this podcast with a friend or colleague who's a business owner in the service industry. It's all about you guys and, and, and being a business owner in those uh, home, auto, and B2B service industries. And if you haven't had a chance yet, especially on Spotify, if you're listening on Spotify, I really appreciate if you take a minute and just give, a, give us a rating review. You can spare a couple minutes. So I uh, hope this helps. Uh, that's it for this week, and I'll talk to you all next week. <laughs>